WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Inside High School Sports is brought to you by Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. Oh, I'm sorry. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. Tony Caligiri here along with uh, Tom Prince, WNY Athletics. Roger Weiss is here. And uh, we have Mr. Uh, Kyrie Demos from the Niagara Gazette, who is now a regular on the program, and we love having Kyrie around. Derek Kramer is producing. If you notice a little more pep in my voice this morning, that's because I just had an unbelievable Blast from the past. Breaking news. Breaking da 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 da. <laughs> Go outside our studio to let Roger in, as we have these things, these fobs to get into the into the building. And uh, it's my time to use the, go to the restroom one more time before the start of the show. So we're uh, we're coming through the door, and I see Linda Pellegrino. Many of you guys know her from Channel Seven, and she hosts uh, Senior Radio here at uh, Entercom. So we're chat- chatting, and she has a guest with with uh, with her, and she goes Tony Calajuri, Norm uh, Mandolin, and Norm says he goes Golden Dragon Kung Fu Society. Now my ears perk. Now I recognize Norm's name. I was con- I contacted him a couple of years ago. I was uh, doing a, a search for uh, Golden Dragon Kung Fu Society. That's where I took Kung Fu when I was a little kid. I was about seven, eight, nine years old, right around then. And I came across Norm has a studio on Transit Road, uh, Mandolin uh, uh, Kung Fu. And Norm was a fellow classmate. He's now a Red Sash master. So you don't, that's the highest you can get in Kung Fu. Is, I mean, the studying that you have to do to become a Red Sash is absolutely incredible what you have to put in. Norm, I believe, was a brown belt or black belt back then. And this is a time where I we all traveled to Detroit. I fought for the national championship, the Wee division, and lost in the finals. And we're going through that memory. But I hadn't seen Norm since I was, what, nine years old. And here I am. I wish I had more time to, to talk with him and go down memory lanes. We, we did a little bit about our, our old instructor, uh, Ting Fong Wong, Master Wong, Master who Wong. was from China, and he was a red sash. So he became a master in uh, China. Absolutely amazing uh, thrill to go back memory lanes. That's something that far back. In fact, I quit uh, Kung Fu because I got interested in football. So that, you know, that tie-in there. But, wow, absolutely incredible to be able to run into somebody you haven't seen that long ago and uh, – I'm so happy. Isn't it crazy how small this world is? It really is. It's unbelievable. Oh, I love it. I love it. Great memories. And it's like now I want to go back and see more pictures. But I told him I was going to stop in his studio sometime so we can go down memory lane and, and uh, you know, just talk about the good old days and things like that. It was absolutely – Roger was sitting there like, why, why is Tony getting all excited? <laughs> What's going on here? He's normally yeah, happy to see morning for this. <laughs> so how are you guys doing? Not too bad. Not too I'm doing great. There. Hey, listen, I I got a chance to witness two fantastic games yesterday, so uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Besides being a little bit cold, it was uh, it was a fantastic day yesterday, and I think it's going to lead into another great day today over at the stadium. And uh, and 
let me put a little asterisk there. Oh, and by the way, a St. Joe's Canisius game to boot. Yeah, I'm checking <laughs> that one out today. I can't wait to check that one out. It's going to be, be awesome. it, it's a great, and for me, it's a great day because tonight we have our uh, Niagara Falls Junior Football Club banquet and look forward to that. Banquets are fun, and you see how excited the kids get. Um, you, you know, they go out there, they dance, and they have fun. And it is funny because. Uh, Nick and his friends, they usually get their own table. And he goes, yeah, so the coaches could talk uh, amongst themselves without us being around. <laughs> it's a nice time to actually, you know, be able to sit back and reflect a little bit. On yeah, the it, it is. And you kind of look forward to next year and you, you talk to the kids, see who's going to be returning. And uh, I was going through memories today on Facebook and I found the video that we took. Last year, Nick received the Sportsmanship Award. He never missed practice. Never late for a practice, never once complained about uh, running laps or doing any particular drill. Whatever the coaches asked of him, he did. He was always a positive teammate. So uh, the coaches surprised him and uh, gave him a sportsmanship award. So I was going through the video just to see the uh, look on his face, how surprised he was that he received it. He, he was on cloud nine that night, and uh, it's a great memory. You know, Tom, you've been able to witness uh, many with your kids, and it's neat from a parent's point of view to look back and like, wow, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we were talking about that, too, even with the stuff that's going on at the stadium right now. Like, uh, I was asked, you know, what was it like to be there as a dad to just sit and watch? Yeah. I mean, like, as a parent. And, uh, you know, I have the experience. I, I, I am lucky to have Zachary, my oldest, who was the last part of the last Orchard Park team to win at the stadium. And going into last night's game was the last team to also lose at the stadium. <laughs> so he's been on both sides of the spectrum. And um, it is just amazing to to sit back and, and reflect and, and realize, wow, just how great it is to play inside of an NFL stadium and just to be able to sit back. and I can't and, picture and, the part of you know being a parent and you're watching your son on that field. Yeah, it was it was something, and and I I sit way up high, you know what I mean, as high as I could. There, it's just kind of like trying to stay warm. And, and were you and, even able to and sit did still? The tailgating, but no, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. And, and and he actually had two fantastic games. The first one was against the Ken West team, that was great at that, and he had a big sack in in, in that game. And then um, everybody knows his senior year when he played against Lancaster, he had like. 12 tackles from the DD tackle spot and uh, well, I remember the Ken West game that was a good game yeah and then he uh he, he had the character athlete of the game at the end of it too which is a parent as you're sitting there and you hear your son's name announced over the loudspeaker did himself. you have tears pretty close I won't lie <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty damn proud I won't lie you know and and, and but it, it it just shows us <clears throat> those awards what people don't realize are really an incredible award to receive and especially on a stage like that uh don't take anything lightly you really don't because you don't know if that's going to be the last time you ever play a game even as a player you know Kyrie you'd be the first one to talk about that right you don't know <sighs> whether that high school is going to be every kid could have the intention of playing at the next level yeah but when you get there you don't know what to expect yeah it so it could be no that's right it could be the last time that you play a game don't take it for granted. You yep. know what I mean? Understand that it is such a precious moment to be there. Live it. You know, understand it. 
and enjoy it all at the same time. Yeah, it's so it's, it's so interesting. I was literally last night just talking about this. Um, my senior year, you know, we we won Double A North. Um, we're the number one seed. You know, we beat Clarence in the first round. Like unbelievable game, twenty-seven point comeback win. And you know, we play Orchard Park the second week. And you know, we all we're talking about is, hey, if we win this game, we're going to the stadium, guys. Like we got to get it done. And you know, to lose those guys twice. You know, we were up both games. The second game, we were up at halftime. And to to drop that game and to know, hey, that's a team. Like looking back on it now, that's a team that lost in the state title game, and we had leads on them. It's like we were that close. But those moments, you just never know. You know, that's why at the end of that that game, I I don't know. I was just so distraught. I'm like, I don't know when I'm ever gonna start in a football game again. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it really you really got to be in perspective. You no, know, it blows my like, mind away. Is you know we'll we'll be at the banquet tonight. And there'll literally be kids there when their parents don't even come to watch them. That blows my mind away. I can't, I can't comprehend that. You know, how you cannot be there to support your child. Um, Kyrie, someday when you get to be a parent mm-hmm. at one of those games, it's going to be a lot more difficult sitting up there because you can't do a damn thing about it. Oh, Whereas out on the field, once the game starts, everything's cool. Yeah. No, I've had to. I've I've really experienced that the last two years. Um, I, I commentated a, a St. John Fisher game, and then you know, obviously covering Lockport this year. You know, people asking me, "Man, like, we wish you were still out there." I'm like, "Listen, I do too, but you know, I want to try to enjoy it from this side now." But it, it's it's still hard because it's you know, you wish you could be able to help them out there. Well, and 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 listen, we all are competitive at heart still, no matter what it is, whatever we do in life, and that competitive nature comes out. It really does, and that's that's what's coming out for you is you want to get out there and enjoy this. So, no, there's no doubt. And to be honest with you, I still got another one coming up in the ranks. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but wait, so who knows what, yet. <laughs> yeah, who knows what Lukey's going to provide for us? But uh, you know, we'll see. Just about everyone in Western New York already knows about Luke too. So, <laughs> the mayor. <laughs> The mayor. mayor. All right, guys, let's get into our news and notes, and I want to start it off with the uh, college football recruiting night. is Tuesday, December 3rd from 6 to 8.30 at New Era Field, the Pepsi Club. You're going to want to go into the west entrance, gate number 6. The uh, all senior and junior high school football players, public or private in Western New York, are welcome to this event is conducted to help expose our quality area juniors and seniors to as many college football coaches as possible in a casual, convenient setting. The event will provide an outstanding opportunity for college coaches to meet our juniors and seniors and parents and discuss a variety of recruiting and financial issues. Available will be Division Two and Division Three college and university football re- representatives. So this is a big event. You're going to want to... Uh, you're going to want to check this out. If you want further information, you can go online, wnyamateurfootball.com, wnyamateurfootball.com. That'll get you to the website and get uh, information. So we all know that uh, Len Jankowitz has done a fabulous job putting this together. Let's also throw him a congratulations on being entered into the Buffalo Hall Amen. of Fame. Hall of Famer. You're talking about somebody that uh, is partially responsible. You know, he and Dick Gallagher, I, I look at those two as my, my godfathers. Uh, Len, who recruited me to be the voice of Lancaster on, uh, on WXRL for so many years. 
and I owe a lot to him for that, as well as helping me uh, with coaching. When I first got into coaching, Len was there and able to tutor me in a lot of different areas of coaching, and I will forever be grateful for him and, you know, just the things that he's done and, and what I've witnessed from this seat and, and what he's meant to uh, high schools, uh, high school athletics all across the area. Words can't describe it. Absolutely amazing. I think one of the coolest things about him is, like, as great of a coach as he's been, he would never withhold any information, advice, something that he could share to help you. You know, that was always the cool thing. You know, we played against him, I want to say, when I was a freshman in high school. But, you know, to see what, you know, him being honored like that, you know, really shouts out to him. Absolutely. Great man. And uh, big congratulations to Coach Jankowitz. Now, our G&G Fitness Coach of the Week. If you would like to nominate a coach, simply go to livefit.com. Throw in your nomination and why your coach deserves to be nominated. Congratulations to Barker Field Hockey Coach Jeff Costello. Back-to-back Section 6 titles. I believe it's the 15th since 2001. 15. That's pretty amazing. Th- those girls, man. I've been covering them this year. They they have just been an unbelievable team. And uh, shout out to Katrina Clare, Rachel Hurtkem, um, you know the whole the whole uh, Serena Harris. Um, their team is really stacked, and you know it's just a, a trickle down effect. Coach Costello has built one of the strongest programs, not just in field hockey, in any uh, program in Western New York. Yeah, outstanding stuff. Again, if you want to nominate a coach, livefit.com for the G and G Fitness Coach <laughs> of the Week. Did you guys have anything else for news and notes? Well, I, first of all, fifteen times in nineteen years. That's yeah. all. Yep. That's all. That's Jeez, all. Right? <laughs> what, 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 Talk about what, what happened those other four years? My goodness. Yeah. No, seriously. Congratulations. That's something. Wow. Uh, and I just want to give a shout out for uh, Amari DeBerry. She verbally committed to the University of UConn to play basketball. Wow. That's no joke. That's she's no only joke. going into her journey. That's like getting recruited year. to Alabama to play football. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's the, uh, you know. You know, her only decision was, was she going to go to uh, UConn or was she going to go to Notre Dame to play girls basketball? Hey, one or Tough two. decisions. One or two. Man. You know? Outstanding. Congratulations. And, and, and Notre Dame may say we're one, too, exactly. there. So, I mean, they've got a claim up there. That is absolutely incredible. It brings some le- more legitimacy to Western New York. What's going on? Congratulations to her. That is huge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and having a kid like Roddy Gale in, in the boys' basketball side, too. Who just got an offer from Syracuse uh, out there. So Coach Beheim with an offer out to uh, to Roddy Gale. That's another huge thing here for Western New York. Yeah, he's had a little bit of success tapping into Western New York with uh, Paul Harris and, uh, and Johnny Flynn. Yeah, you know, that was actually a big reason why he recruited the area because uh, Johnny's, well, Paul's connection with Roddy and those guys. So, um, shouts out to Paul Harris. I uh, spoke with him about a month or two ago uh, on their uh, documentary series that they did on mm-hmm. Niagara Falls basketball. Yeah, pretty cool stuff there. All right, guys, let's get into talking about last night's games. Uh, the uh, Maritime defeating Albion 34-20 to and Lancaster beating Orchard Park 23-17. to And, Tom, before the program, you brought up an amazing point, and it's an obvious point, and that is it all changes this, com- this time of the year when the temperature drops. It's You practice different, you play different, uh, different things can happen than when you're playing in September. Yeah, listen, and I said this on uh, during the game last night. We hit 
27 degrees. I think it got down as low as 25 towards the end of the Orchard Park-Lancaster game. This is the first time we've hit this type of weather so far this season. These kids have not been able to practice in it. They've not been able to prepare for it. They've not been able to get ready for it. So there were, we saw key fumbles in both games, a lot of fumble in the ball, some drop passes, some things that you may not normally see at this point. But again, it was something new to the players this season because we didn't get a chance to experience this. When it's so cold, the weather's coming into play. Right. When it's cold, it's different holding the ball. It's different. The ball tends to be slick. Slick, yeah. yeah. Leave your leave your hands. <laughs> like, it's, hey, wait, where, where are you going? Get back here. <laughs> it's a little uh, tougher. Like, a, like it's almost like a like a rock, you know, trying to catch the football at that point. So yeah, it's it's definitely a factor, and especially how quick the weather changed. It was like sixty degrees last week. Even for receivers, you know, bringing able to bring it, it's not as soft as it was earlier in the year. It makes it tougher to catch, and for quarterbacks, tougher to throw. I mean, you even saw Game 1, Maritime, who uh, we all know is such a fabulous team, right? I mean, we watched five different running backs actually carry the ball last night, right? They are that strong. But there were a lot of fun. There were, you know, there were some key fumbles in this game, too, after some long runs, 30-yard runs, 35-yard runs. And again, you're hitting a harder ground. You're hitting, like I said, a ball is is harder. A lot of different things came into play. Second game, Lancaster four turnovers uh, that were you know key that unfortunately Orchard Park wasn't able to capitalize on. So you give you know you give some big kudos to uh, you know these teams out there playing, but they were not used to the weather, and I believe weather was a little bit of a factor. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Tom's going to break down the two games from last night. We also have today's games to talk about. And you guys, you know, Canisius St. Joe's plus the uh, three games at the stadium. So we're going to get into all that. But before we go to the break, I do want to uh, let people know that there is a rally today. It's at uh, Strad Avenue at the Fire Hall, and that's right next to where North Tonawanda Little League plays. Uh, Assemblyman Angelo Morinello is going to be there. Uh, Stacey. Senator Ort, Rob Ort's going to be there, and what they're trying to do is save the game of football. If you're on Facebook, there is a page called uh, Save Youth Football. I strongly suggest you get on this. The game's in danger, folks. If New York State is able to ban tackle football for kids 12 and under, you can say goodbye to youth football, and the damage that it will do to high school football will be enormous. And, Tom, you brought up some great points uh, before uh, about uh, what's going to happen if, that, if they are able to ban it. So I strongly suggest get out there, sign petitions, call your assemblyman, call your state senator, let your voices be heard, that you want the decision whether to let your child play football, not the state. So this is what we're facing here. Uh, I mean, I, I can't even picture what it's going to be like if they are able to pass it. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, more from last night and today. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. I'm cracking up laughing because we always get in, I mean, it, inevitably the uh, discussion turns to food in here and I was just telling Tom about the Festival Slice coming up and how every pizzeria in Niagara Falls will be represented, not everyone, but most of them, will be in one spot where you get to sample 
all different kinds of pizzas. You know, you like a white pizza, you like a pizza with hot peppers, you like, you know, uh, uh, margarita pizza, whatever the different kinds. You get to have them, uh, all the different ones in different stations. In fact, it's in the same venue that our banquet is tonight. So I was trying to, but Tom disappointed me. He says he likes that thin crust New York style. <laughs> oh, That's still pretty pizza. good. Still pretty good. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, but it's, you know, you're still hungry afterwards. Someone said this to me. What's the worst pizza you've ever had? Think I can't it. name the name of the uh, chain place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, like, the worst pizza is not that bad. Actually, you know? the worst pizza I had was in Las Vegas. Oh, okay, okay. I they see they just could not make pizza. When I lived there, they, I mean, no. <laughs> I don't think of food when I think of Las Vegas, so I could see that for well, sure. Well, I lived there, so that was all <laughs> I had. I ate a lot of other things before, <laughs> before I flew it. That's what I'm saying. I mentioned before the break about the rally. that It's, uh, it's at Strad Avenue today next to North Tonawanda's Little League Field. It starts at 12 o'clock, so if you're interested in going there to support uh, Save Youth Football, I'll meet you there after the program. All right, guys, let's get into talking about the games last night. You mentioned uh, two good games. You had uh, first start off with the Maritime game, uh, Maritime versus Albion. As I said, that was 34-20. to 20. So I, if we were going into this game, I think a lot of people felt that Maritime was probably going to run away with this game. There was just that much talent on the side of the ball for Maritime. I will tell you, Albion stepped up and played an incredible game. And if it was for one defensive stop along the way that they could have gotten, this game could have flipped very easily. And it was very close at one point where you were starting to wonder, is that one stop going to happen? But I again, let's talk about what happens. Special teams is huge when it comes to this Maritime team. Another one run back to start off the game for a touchdown, which puts Albion in the hole. And then later on, another one run back down to the two-yard line, which sets up a, a heartbreaker uh, for Albion because Maritime easily scores then. It's just special teams is unbelievable for this team. And then you add in how good they are offensively and defensively is even better. But what, what I saw Albion made a nice switch in the middle of the game or in the middle of the first half they actually go to uh, Deontay Farley. They're, uh, it's a running back, 6'1", 215. This guy's a bruiser, man. So when he would go, what they did is they had a great change of pace. They would actually use this pitch where they pitch it deep to the outside, which would go either to Brilliance Johnson or T. Ray White. And they would actually go a nice pitch to the outside, get speed out to the edges with them. So And the pitch was far enough to where it got past the DNs, and then what you were able to do was get to the outside. So then when they started opening up, that's when they would actually bring in Farley to go right up the gut and be able to run. And they were starting to have some, some real steam go here. In the first half, Romanski didn't complete a pass in the first half. Second half, he opens up. Starts off with a touchdown, a nice passing touchdown. Things starting to open up. Fermanski starting to throw the ball, hit his uh, receivers. Two times they were going for first down, ended up like a half yard, yard short of the first down, so they weren't able to go far. So, listen, give Albion a ton of credit because they really did stay in this game, and a couple of uh, things could have happened where it really could have changed momentum. But I will tell you, I know we talked about it, before um, how good this Maritime team is, please understand they legitimately have five kids at any point that could run the ball at you. 
You've got John Washington, Makai Bridgers, Maurice Vaughn, and then you add in their quarterback, Jayon Washington, and I'm telling you, it's a threat. You don't know what's going to happen. It's tough to prepare. Oh, and this is what they do. Here's their line that they do. They'll take the three running backs and line them up in a straight line, in essence, right behind the quarterback. Yeah, so, T formation. T formation. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and again, I'm just trying to explain it so people that may not know the T formation, mm-hmm. but they'll line them straight up behind the quarterback. They will hand it off to any of those three at any time. And it's all misdirection is what it is that they come off that. So Washington can run it. Bridgers could run it. Vaughn can run it. Anybody can run it. And they'll go in different gaps that are out there. That reminds me of old-time Army football. Oh, yeah. Goodness, and, and, yeah, and it's also a testament to that offensive line of Maritime because I'm it's constant moving. That. It Some really big is. Boys. It's it's big, but it's constant movement on that line to open up the holes so that these running backs can be as effective as they are. So, I mean, Maritime is is legit. And now that the weather is getting colder and colder, that running attack is going to be huge moving forward. And I'm telling you, the Maritime team, they are legit. They are going to be a tough team to, to, to beat. You will see them compete in the next week, whoever comes out of the B. I'm excited. I think this is a team that could really go far. If they protect the ball, if they yes. do a good job of minding their business, protecting the ball, I could see them making a long run. Yeah, Tom, be, uh, Tom mentioned the line, and we really should give a shout because even the uh, trench people were impressed last night. Uh, Terry on Vernon, their offensive uh, right guard, he is the real deal. He dominates. And, uh, you know, it's nice, like I said, the whole offensive line obviously opening up holes, but this guy is the primary. (laughs) (laughs) I warned Rogers and Rogers, don't manhandle the microphone. There it goes. Um, Hold on. 6'4", 260 he is. I had a chance to interview him at media day, and he stood like right over my right shoulder, and I'm going to tell you, I know I've lost some weight and I've gotten a little bit smaller, but man, this kid dwarfed me. I mean, he's a big <laughs> boy. He really is. So he I looked- understand why he dominates and why he's making an impact. Listen, he's good. This kid is really good, and this Maritime team was ready to play. No doubt about it. Great job by Maritime. But I want to also throw a shout out to Albion because oh, I they really, could have laid down after yes, being down early. They really they could have in there. I Very mean, impressive. Yep, went down almost three scores. Came back, fought hard, and at one point you saw them on their sidelines. The kids trying to get the the, the sidelines into it, tried to get their uh, parents and and student section going. They were doing everything they can to get in this game, and I give them a lot of credit for staying in there all the way to the end. Absolutely. Tony, uh, that Terry on Vernon we're talking about, media day, it looked like he came right from practice and uh, didn't have time to take his pants off. Wow. <laughs> That's how big this oh, guy is. Man. I wanted to actually give a quick shout-out to Albion, too, Coach O.C. Bennett. Uh, he actually grew up with my father. So oh, cool. Big, yeah, so just wanted to shout him out. and Just great season from Albion there. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Orchard Park-Lancaster uh, game, we knew that this was going to be a heavyweight title fight. Uh, who, whoever <laughs> whoever came out uh, on top is going to be well-deserved. Uh, you know, Lancaster, 23-17 to 17 over OP. You had some really interesting yeah. stats. So, so, okay, <laughs> oh, so, man, so these stats the are unofficial. Listen um, to this. So uh, we our, our stat guy, Tim Wegren, uh for WNY Athletics had these stats. But here's some of the stats for the first half. Lancaster, 71 yards. Orchard Park, 
71 yards. End of the game. Lancaster, 228 yards. Orchard Park, 228 yards. Wow. You can't make this stuff up. You know, no. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, if I was to throw out a player of the game, the player of the game for Lancaster Orchard Park should be the Lancaster defense. To give up four turnovers and hold Orchard Park to three points within those four turnovers is absolutely amazing. And that's a testament to the defense of Lancaster to keep them in the game. They go in at halftime down 3 nothing, and Lancaster's got to believe at this point that the momentum's on their side because they had just turned the ball over three times, and they know I'm only down 3 nothing. That's a win for Lancaster, and they go in there going, yeah, we're, we're right where we want to be. But flip it on the other side is if, if Orchard Park tells you I shut Lancaster out in the first half, they're believing, wow, we did everything we're supposed to do also. Um, but the key definitely there is you have three turnovers. You've got to capitalize on those and, and be able to put some points up on the board. What is it what Lancaster's defense was able to do? Stuff the run, shut out the pass? Uh, were they getting pressure? Well, just look at it. I mean, you're talking, you know, 71 yards in the first half right there. And I want to say of the 71 yards, the 52 yards were Stephen Kulikowski, the running back for Orchard Park. So Orchard Park was actually running the ball very well. Um, they just didn't have the, the the passing wasn't go there. It was, uh, I want to say, the first half for both quarterbacks, uh, Manziel was 6 for 11 and Sharp was 5 for 13 in the first half is what it was with, as you see, minimal yardage. One had 30 yards, Manziel had 30 yards, Sharp had 21 yards. So it wasn't that they were really getting anywhere in the passing game, either team that mm -hmm. was there. But I'll tell you in the second half, both quarterbacks turn around and step up. And I'll tell you what Manziel did in the second half to throw some passes that he did to Castellana, I thought were incredible. He well, that put, one touchdown pass was on the money. But he was throwing passes that were only his wide receiver could catch that were past the defender over the head of the wide receiver so only the wide receiver could catch it in stride to do what he did. And the touch that Manziel was putting on the ball in, inside that second half was absolutely amazing. It really was. you got to give them a ton of credit. And then, again, in the second half, what Lancaster started to do was they were also able to run the ball, which was different from the from the first half. And then now you saying is okay, look at we were able to run the ball, we were able to um, pass the ball, and then that's when the scoring all started to happen. Well, you talked about you know when we were walking in here momentum and how you said you could see momentum going Lancaster's way. Well, like I said, at halftime, if I'm the Lancaster coaches, I'm actually preaching that, listen, you just did exactly what we've asked you to do. Wow. Like, let's come out there and now put some points on the board. We're going to be fine. And, you know, running back Cody Phillips, huge for Lancaster. I mean, he was big also in this game, was a part of the running tack. And then I'll tell you the other kid that we want to throw a shout-out to um, who comes up with a big uh, – a, a big uh, play inside the second half, which actually causes a turnover with the momentum, is uh, Ethan Jerkowski. Um, a great game defensively by him also, which uh, was just unbelievable the way the t team steps up out there. And, um, you know, on the flip side on Orchard Park, 
I thought defensively, Pataki, Gloss, Cross, Rapini, all of them did a fantastic job from the linebacker standpoint. The offensive and defensive lines for both teams played very well. The battle of the trenches was a true battle of the trenches that was out there. And then second half, both quarterbacks step up like the quarterbacks that we've asked them to do in the second half. Running game, give credit. Um, Lancaster did not see Stephen Kulikowski the first time around. And in fact, the first time around, one of the big stats that was thrown out, Orchard Park has one rushing yard in the first half against Lancaster. And then they come out with 52 yards in the first half with Stephen Kulikowski running the ball. So I knew Orchard Park felt like, wow, we got our running back back. We've got somebody that's going to do. Now we're the, we're the true offensive threat. We can run the ball. We can pass the ball. And uh, it was a fantastic game. And we said it. It was going to come down to the, whoever had the ball at the end. Or, I mean, uh, Lancaster scores with 52 seconds left on the clock. And, um, you know, what a fantastic game. But I'm going to tell you right now, Coach Rupp deserves an amazing amount of credit, what this guy's accomplished. Four straight trips to the stadium, four straight championships. What he's accomplished is just amazing. That staff that he has out there is definitely one of the best staffs in Western New York. Considering um, they were in rough shape uh, before he arrived. So listen to this, too. The last two years, the, the both games at the stadium were teams they lost against in the, pre, in the regular season and came back in the stadium championship game and won. It happened last year versus Bennett. It happened this year versus Orchard Park. Plus and they also year. came back a week or uh, yep. week eight plus, against Clarence. So plus this they year. They beat every yep. team in their division, if you count the uh, – the playoffs. Right. Uh, we'd be remiss, Tom, if we didn't give a shout. Uh, how about a little credit to Sean Davis? A couple of turnovers uh, early. You know, the first turnover fumble, he muffed a punt, and that's how Orchard Park got their field goal. Another turnover, what, the start of the second half? Was it the second half? Yeah, it was kickoff. Really the, right, the kickoff. He At comes running down, and, they, and they, squad, they hit it out of his hand as he was running down. So Four they scored to go ahead 10 to nothing. Ensuing kickoff. Sean Davis, the one who fumbled twice, took it to the house. That's a little Got bit of redemption. Is that storybook or what? I oh, can't make it up. But, but think can't. about this. Orchard Park goes up 10 nothing, and it looked like, wow, game all over. the momentum, everything. Orchard Park is going to run from here. Ten seconds later, Davis comes down, runs it back. It's 10-7. Momentum switch within 10 seconds. I mean, Just that's like how that. quick it happens. Unbelievable. You know, it was like that. It was stunning. It really was. Just like that. Sports can be a heartbreaker like that. It really can. All right, guys, let's take a break. And when we come back, take a look at some of the games going on today. We have two Monsignor Martin games, and we have the three Section 6 championship games at the stadium. So we'll get all into that and more. Don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday follows us. And at 1 o'clock, the Sabres playing the Lightning in Sweden. So good luck to the Sabres today. Tomorrow you're going to want to obviously keep it locked on WGR Sports Radio 550 for all your Buffalo Bills action. We'll be back after this. We're back. One last segment of Inside High School Sports, and then Sports Talk Saturday takes to the air right here. WGR Sports Radio 550 games going on today. We mentioned the big one. 
Kenesha St. Joe's. Ding, 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 ding. I can't ding. wait to watch that one. But I'm going to tell you. And, and a total different game from the first time they played. Mm-hmm. Remember the first time they played, it hit over 100 out on the field. It was heat. It was hot. It was which team was going to survive the heat, how you were going to do it. Mm-hmm. Look at what we got today. <sighs> Man, right? snowflakes on But the we've been talking about game one. Look at the line play was going to be big. I want to be able to see Canisius right now. We all talked about it. When they go heavy, they've got a great defense that goes in there. But that heavy line doesn't hold up, and they've got to make changes And when they go smaller. When they go small, can they still stop St. Joe's and that running attack and their, and their offense moving the ball when they go small? That'll be the key to that right there. I want to see what happens when they make those changes defensively. And this, this, these are two whole different points in the season. That, that was a Joe's team that caught a Kanisha's team that was 0-2, not really confident. You know, they got up big, and then they let the lead go away. You know, now Kanisha, they've they've found how to win the last few weeks. They're Talking to those guys last week after the win over O'Hare. Because yeah, that's O'Hare, a young team. Very young. young team. Talking to Coach Robbins, he he said, you know, that's just been the biggest challenge this year. It's just such a young group, but you know they they're they're hungry. They want they really want this one back. But they've found how to win, so we'll see if that carries over. And then obviously you throw out anything that has to do with uh, records or where you are when these two teams play. It's it's a different story. I Get mean, it's, popcorn it's, like it's at a level that that you can't imagine. Like he says, they'll be hungry because how hungry will they be? They don't want to be a Canisius team that lost to St. Joe's twice, twice. in the same year. Ooh. Absolutely. And would be a losing season, too. Yeah, you're right. And then you have uh, Cardinal O'Hara's taking on St. Mary's Lancaster at 1 o'clock. Uh, Cardinal O'Hara and uh, Coach Dudley looking to, uh, I don't know, it, it's not salvage to see, but, but to be able to put a uh, uh, – Exclamation point! Say, so, yeah, we were here, and you know, we are going. You're going to see good things coming out of that program. You know, especially because you know part of the problems they had was just the number of kids that were able to play. Coming off a fantastic year last year, where we said is they were competing with the St. Joe's, the Canisiuses, and the um, you know St. Francis of the world last year with that incredible team, that line play that they exactly. had last year. So don't you know count what they're capable of. Love to see them have a great game. St. Mary's is another great team out there, so sure. watch out. Mm-hmm. Winner will take on time in next week. Just as the uh, the Canisius-St. Joe's game, you're going to have a battle. Listen, we're going to talk about bad blood in a positive way, right? <laughs> These two don't like each other, period. It's going to be a game. This is one where we can truly say is a rivalry game, and they're going to go at each other. But again, all you're going to do is winner plays another rivalry game next week. <laughs> Take on Franny's. That's going to be amazing. And is that at the stadium? No, oh, no, no that's at UB. UB, UB, UB that's right. Yeah. I, I forgot about that's that. Gonna so cool. That's going to be absolutely amazing. And then you got the games going on today. McKinley, South Park, that's at 3.30. Then you have Wilson is going to take on Southwestern at 6.30. Franklinville, Ellicottville is going to take on Climber, Sherman, Panama at 12 o'clock. Evil Frank versus cheese, sausage, and pepperoni. <laughs> so, listen, that's a D game. I know that. Do not discount this game. This is a state championship type game. These are two teams that are ranked top in the state I that are going to go is at a each other. State championship. You, yeah, I th- really do. That's how good it is. Do not discount this game. This will be a game you want to go see. 
Check out Logan Frank for uh, uh, Franklinville Ellicottville. This kid is 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 especially if he has a great game today. You could see his name as one of those finalists for the Conley Cup. So this is a player you want to go see. He's gonna bring it. This Franklinville Ellicottville team is very positive. Is really believes they're gonna go in and win this game. But I'm gonna tell you right now. Do get ready. Because Climber Sherman Panama CSP is going to be ready to play this game. You know, Coach Hart, uh, Coach is going to have them all ready to go. And I love their quarterback Garrett Hinsdale. I this kid, listen, forget about field play. This kid's a great kid to boot. I just I, I love talking to him. He's so positive. There's so many things that this kid brings to the table, and he's going to be so successful down the road, whether it's in football, in life, just because of how great of a kid this kid really is. And then watch out. They've got a wide receiver. Cam right? Barrymore. Yep, Cam Barrymore. Who's, this kid is legit. And remember, last year he turned it on at the end of the season and had a great game at the stadium. He's a tough kid to block because of his height and what he's capable of far, as far as athleticism. This is going to be a game. Watch out. Also had great games at uh, Maine Enwell for the uh, Western semifinal and a good game at the Dome. Another good game, the Wilson Southwestern game. You're talking about Southwestern. Everybody's talking. You've mentioned it all year that this is a team that's that, that's on a run and on a mission. Yeah, there's no doubt. They're going to be a tough team to beat, I won't lie. This is a team I think we're going to be talking about going to the state, state finals. I, they're that good. Not trying to take anything away from Wilson because the year that Wilson had has been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, they have accomplished everything that's been put in front of them. Mm-hmm. And remember, we've discounted them in the two past years going down to Southwestern, and they had played fantastic games that came down to the end. They Do lost not by a count. point a year ago, uh, right? Oh, no, yeah. back to back years. Yeah. They, it was back to back. Both games yeah. was only a point. Both games wow. they lost yeah. on failed two point conversions. So that Man. stuck in the yeah. craw a lot of those kids' memories. That's all, you know, talking to all those kids this week, that's all they talked about. And, you know, it's it, it's been cool, you know, because, you know, for Wilson, this is their first trip to the stadium since 1990. So, you know, the the, the community of Wilson is buzzing. Um, there's so many different little tidbits and stories that I found out about a lot of different family members on the team. Um, Declan Ferry, his dad is actually the defensive coordinator, Matt right. Ferry. And he has the opportunity to break his single-season sack record tonight. Um, one, one. I think he's a half sack behind him. So that's a really cool thing. Bobby Atlas, the son right. of the head coach, Bill Atlas. His um, dad has a sack record. His dad yeah. has a sack. record. <laughs> no, listen to this. His dad has a sack record. Declan's number two. Declan's uncles are three and four. <laughs> Their cousins are the Mahar boys. Who, um, Mitch Mahar is one of the starting linebackers. Ben Mahar is the the opposite of De- Declan, uh, edge rusher. He's got eight and a half sacks this year, and he starts a left tackle. And the he's uh, the third oldest brother, um, Evan. He's their se- the team center, and they've got a fourth brother who's playing youth football. So when they say we are family, they're not they mean just it. whistling <laughs> Dixon. Yeah. They oh, absolutely man. mean it. All right, guys, thanks much uh, for a great program. Best of luck to the teams playing out today. Uh, go out, support it. Hit that rally up at 12 o'clock at Strad Avenue in North Tonawanda. Save Youth Football. Thank you to Derek Kramer for producing. We'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports.